It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Welcome back to the flagship show that brought us back to fancy studios of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome to ESSR Central. I'm your host as always because no one apparently shows up for these podcasts anymore. I am Ross McLeod, <laughs> the one lonely man shouting into a microphone. This is ESSR Central, the relaunch, the reboot, the rebranding, but bringing back the same characters that people were not too fussed on beforehand. <laughs> First off, and an era of part-timers which he absolutely maligned and despised until Trish Stratus came back. Here with his low-cut top, his cowboy hat and cowboy boots, it's Trish Stratus aficionado, David Campbell. It is time to rock and roll. <laughs> if there was one thing that was going to get me back to ESSR Central, it was a fancy studio and some Fanta Lemon. I'm ready to go, Ross. <laughs> and an absolute diva next to me. Before we started, he asked our dear producer, Ryan, Excuse me, could you get me a glass of water? Here with his big mug of water is Gary Kernan. <laughs> In terms of rider lists, surely a glass of water is pretty low down. I mean, it's not quite 1,000 brown M&Ms in a brandy glass, but it's... <laughs> I assume they're coming shortly. No, they're not, unfortunately. <laughs> and as Gary storms out the studio, we of course have producer Ryan, who is... The reason we are back in the studio and sounding professional for a change. You will not hear my dogs barking. You will not hear Gary's son shouting at him. You will not hear David Campbell's neighbours banging on the floor saying, Stop singing stupid songs. <laughs> no, you will not. It's more professional. We are very ASMR in here. We can talk like that now and you can actually hear us. It's quite good. Um, no, mate, I am happy to be here. I'm happy to lend these professional looking studios to the podcast eventually and also it brought David Campbell out so I'm quite happy exactly yes. Yes, I've been out for years Ryan it's uh, it's been for years that's happened <laughs> <laughs> part timers back for Blue Chew and Wrestlemania paychecks that's clearly what they're here for anyway, not, not yet not, not yet. quite yet give it a couple of weeks <laughs> not quite yet non-branded distinct male <laughs> male hormone product anyway before we get started just remember Although it's a relaunch, it's still the same place to find us. You can find us on all good Android podcasting sites. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. We are part of the Sports Social Network now. We are Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And remember, it's at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. We are on it. Yeah, 
That's pretty much it. By the way, these new studios have brought out a new man in Ross. That was the best <laughs> intro you've ever done. I know. Usually, usually I hit out with previews, interviews, no, previews, reviews, interviews, and all the news. You ruined it. But I was early for the <laughs> change, and I had a pint, and I was scared I wouldn't <laughs> be able to pull it off. But he peaked too soon. He's absolutely he just ruined it for everybody. But thanks. And for as I throw it over. The, the hard work to the guest quickly. <laughs> let's talk about the WWE draft. Will we talk about the WWE draft? Yes, let's talk yes. about the WWE draft. Finally announced a date, Triple H, and trying to keep everyone calm in the in the news that the Darth Sidious of WWE, Vince McMahon, has returned. <laughs> <laughs> announced on SmackDown After Mania, the draft is coming back and gave us no news, but last night on Raw we found out that SmackDown on the 28th of April and Monday Night Raw on the 1st of May will be both nights of the draft. Everyone is included. NXT stars are up for grabs. Apparently announcers are up for grabs. I don't know really if Carmelo Hayes was up for grabs, why you'd go for Booker T personally, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll start with you, Gary. The draft, are you looking forward to it? And who do you think could benefit with a move? So I love the draft. I still remember the very first draft. I I was so excited about it. I actually went to my mother-in-law's because we didn't have Sky Sports in the house at the time, so I had to watch it. And the only way I could watch it was going to see Darth Sidious herself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not normally just go there for a bath? No, that's my mum's. Oh, your mum's right. Okay, yeah, got it, got I it, got it. Got it. <laughs> just outed you there. Sorry, Gary. No, no worries. I had to go around on Monday to visit her. Um, so, yes, excited about the draft back. And what I'm desperately hoping for as we go back to Raw being Raw with its own superstars and own announcers and ideally own champions and Smackdown is Smackdown with its own roster and we stop this sort of jumping around all over the place stuff because I think that helps to create the distinction within the roster, creates opportunity but also stops people getting overexposed and creates more storylines and uh, stories that can run over a period of time so I'm very much looking forward to this and just desperate that we kind of get these distinct rosters back. So I'm looking forward to the draft immensely. I'm curious about the timing of it, because if it was me that was scheduling it, I think I would have went for it starting after Backlash. Mm. So we'll have the rosters get set before Backlash, but not implemented until afterwards. So maybe just me, but that's how I would have preferred to see it. I see what you mean, but I also like, that they've went back to the old school retro theme, David, mm. where it used to be the Raw Smackdown and in the heyday of ECW, ECW involved. Mm-hmm. And it would be right before the pay-per-view and there'd be all different champions and all different shows. And you're like, oh my God, is the US title going to ECW? No, Shelton Benjamin's won it and it's taken back to Smackdown. But there was still that level of, oh my God, this show has eight champions and this show doesn't have any. And, you know, it made that pay-per-view coming up as well feel quite important. Yeah, I remember it was... Night of Champions, I believe. And they had to do a cash-in the next night in Raw, CM Punk cashing in on Edge, because That's SmackDown right. had both champions at the end of the pay-per-view. Everyone's like, what is going on? The world is ending. Uh, and funnily enough, that's what a lot of people, WWE fans thought when the Raw after Mania happened this year, Ross. And that's the thing I'm most excited about for the WWE draft, is that this is finally Triple H being able to mould the entire WWE landscape in his image. He's got the guys he wants in the main roster, where he wants them. He can shift Michael Cole back to Raw if he, if he so <laughs> pleases. Uh, so he's back on Monday night. So I think he belongs. And to be honest, 
bit of a sidebar. I love Michael Cole in both shows at this point because, as you all know, you know, Ross, I'm not a Kevin Patrick fan. Is yeah. it anybody? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Kevin Patrick is a Kevin Patrick fan at this point. Um, but I'm excited that everyone is in this draft. Triple H made it feel like it could be very chaotic. Tag team split faction split what does this mean for the bloodline what does it mean for the judgment day we saw the interaction with them on raw so same as gary ross i'm very excited about yeah. what the future holds this is the draft is the moment of the year that i think wwe misses not having the authority figures mm-hmm. and having these people compete against each other trying to one-up each other because having the faceless representatives mm-hmm. from the different shows yeah. um doesn't really make much sense. I mean, you think about the last draft when the New Day got split up, that didn't make any sense. Like, if you could pick them as a trio, why would you not pick them as a trio? Because you, you mm. could at that point. Whereas in the very first draft, Rick, Vince McMahon drafted one Dudley and Ric Flair drafted the other mm-hmm. just to stick it up one another. Much, much like our drafts, it's just to be a bit of a you-know-what. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that no one else can get those yeah. superstars. I, I agree with you, yeah, because that... That sort of thing works with a, an evil heel that Eric Bischoff saying, I see potential in Big E, but I don't want these clowns coming around yeah, for the exactly. ride. Whereas if you are meant to be the USA Network or that, and you're looking at all the spreadsheets and the marketing, you know, by the way, New Day outsold The Rock at WrestleMania 32. <laughs> nah, you know is we'll is do. that how it's going to go, though? Is it like the TV networks are going to be doing the draft? Now? Well, that's like, what they've so, done the last couple of times. See, this is why I'm not really that buzzing for another draft because mm. I feel like the last ones that we've had have just been quite disappointing it's just like yeah. Adam Pearce just picking for both brands and you're going it's not really going to have the same the same effect um, you know obviously if they're going to get a champion on each of them which I think they've kind of ruined mm-hmm. with having Roman have the both belts for so long mm-hmm. it just kept yeah. are we going to just get another belt that they just make for a brand which kind of takes away yeah. all effect of the belt I I said no to that like like I've seen the rumour about that. I've been in the draft, I don't think they wanted you. Yeah, yeah, I, I did I did say I'd go to Velocity at the same now. I'd right. take Ross ahead of Kevin Patrick, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, that's not exactly a compliment at this stage. I know it's meant as one, but... No, um, another world champion or another title, I'm very glad that one tag team has both titles now, by the way, because it is the bane of my existence that we fought, this is... This is the pinnacle of our career. We're the tag team champions. All right, swap you. Aye. Uh, no. I mean, that was rotten. Aye, that, that is that rotten. rotten. And it, they do it with the women's belt as well, so I'm very happy. But if you keep adding a new world title, much like the world title, which was about for 11, no, 12 years? Yeah. 12, 11, mm-hmm. 12 years. Then the universal title has only been about for about six. Mm-hmm. And the WWE title is always going to be there. And it's got 50 plus years of history and 60 and 70 years of history as you go on. And it's always going to be the title that every other title is compared to. So if you keep adding another world title instead of just going, look, this is the other one and we're sticking with it. Just when they bring back a new title and just call it the the universal title. I don't know. (laughs) Keep keep the history in it. Shut it. Yeah. Anyway, Gary and just Gary on this show today, folks. How are you? (laughs) I, I do think, though, that for me this is the point where you could feasibly just take the wwe title off of roman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I don't i wouldn't like it but there's a lot of scenarios i don't like with this roman reigns title mm-hmm. run and how they're going to separate the belts again and how we get a belt in both shows so to me the cleanest way would be right we're doing the draft roman if you end up in this brand like that title is going to the other one mm-hmm. so this is the way it's going to be 
it gives him a reason to complain about it as well. The thing I've never got, though, the option they have is just have two people from two different brands challenge Roman because he owns both belts yeah. and have two matches at a WrestleMania or, or even like a backlash. Just yeah, tell yeah. him, we need to wrestle twice and then something happens and he loses the second one. Like That's such an easy way to split it up and you're just going, why have we not done that? It's yeah. just if he loses, then it makes the next loss feel less important. If he loses the WWE title to a Drew, like when Cody beats him for the Universal belt, it's kind of diminishing returns at that but point. But if Could, he loses it in the second match of the night, though, that's kind of there's your reasoning for going, he's already been battered in the yeah. first match, has to put, you know, go out in that second match. That's oh. your easy way out of doing that. Oh, mm. Or even easier, a triple threat match, and he's the person that doesn't take the fall. Yeah. Aye. And I, he's, he's protected. They always find a way to put Roman in one of the WrestleMania main events. And as much as I feel when Roman loses the belts, it should be the belts, it should be one fall because he's not been pinned since 2019, mm -hmm. it should be that moment. If they're not going to do that and they go, right, listen, you're on SmackDown, you're the Universal Champion, we're taking the WWE title off you, that just means, see when he loses the Universal title and disappears for three months, he can show back up in February and just point at the WWE Champion and go, never lost it. We're... We're having a scrap. Yeah. That that that's the right and that's the script. I imagine we're be handed to Roman Reigns. Yeah, we're yeah, having yeah. a scrap. Having a scrap. <laughs> having a scrap. But I'm I, intrigued to see how NXT gets folded into this because mm. the draft in 2016 there were I think five picks that mm. either brand could make from NXT. Mm -hmm. So we had Finn Balor get picked quite high up. I I wonder if they'll do that again to say actually Raw SmackDown you can have your choice of X amount of picks oh, from so. NXT. Mm -hmm. Or will NXT actually be drafting people? I hope so. Because I hope that we get... Because that first draft was great. Mm -hmm. For a lot of NXT talent who weren't being utilised maybe to their full potential on NXT. Like, you look at the women's division, Alexa Bliss came onto SmackDown and tore the world apart. Mm -hmm. She was the star of that show. Carmella as well is another one. So there's a lot of talent. Like, you look at someone like Cameron Grimes, right? Mm -hmm. He's been primed for the right moment to come up to the main roster. He's an obvious one, I think, that's going to get called up here. And I'm wondering, if we look at the landscape of NXT right now, is the Braun Breaker heel turn a Triple H edict? Is that what he wants for Braun coming up to the main roster? And we're sort of warming Braun up as a heel before it's coming up in the draft and he's going to kill the US or Intercontinental title division. You know what I mean? Well, I hope so. I mean, anybody that's heard me moan in this show before <laughs> will know that one of my moans has always been, why take somebody from NXT that's been developing a character and a presentation and then change it? And the way that the authors of pain were with Paul Ellering, mm -hmm. they get drafted up, they lose Ellering. Sanity lose Nikki Cross. Surely the point of NXT is to hone that character and then the character transitions onto the main roster. So that would make total sense, Campbell, if that's what's going to happen. Because that, that's kind of how it's meant to be, though. It's meant to yeah. now be the third show. So yeah. it's not meant to be like oh, we don't know who this guy is. The whole idea is that we do know who these folk are. Yeah, That's why they're, you know, they're, they're getting moved Absolutely. up or sideways, as we sometimes like to say. But like, yeah. the character's already there. So as you say, just keep the character. Yeah, and the thing is, obviously, like FCW, back in the day, it was on local Florida TV. So a thousand people knew who Dean Ambrose was or mm -hmm. Seth Rollins was because no one watched Ring of Honor. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, as Ryan says, it's now the third brand. It's mm -hmm. it's yeah. on a major network in America. It's on BT Sports in the UK. It's readily available on WWE's YouTube channel. And obviously, your obviously concerns about people moving up 
I think that changes now in the HBK, NXT, Triple H, WWE, because there's Triple H basically put Shawn Michaels in charge, mm. and Shawn Michaels and Triple H have the working relationship mm-hmm. to go, right, this guy's coming up. No, that guy's not coming up because we don't have anything from here. So if you could still keep him warm yeah. here, that'd be great sort of thing. And it just means people like Cameron Grimes aren't disappearing from TV for months on end. Yeah, 100%. It's totally why Roxanne Perez has lost the women's belt as well, I think. Um, they gave an interesting wrinkle to her character with the anxiety thing. I wonder if they continue that in the main roster. But again, plethora of people in the draft yeah. that could come up. And if you're going to change the characters, change them on NXT, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So Sanity, use that example again. If you want to take Nikki Cross away from them, take Nikki Cross away on NXT. And if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't work, you can put it back together and then take Sanity onto the main roster as the foursome in that example. Right, I'll put you on the spot, right? I'll ask you three questions, right? Who do you think can benefit from a move? Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw. It could be either Raw. Who would you like to see come up to NXT from NXT, sorry? And who do you think would benefit from going back to NXT? So if any of you are confident to start. Well, let me take the first two. So the one I think that could benefit the most or in the draft might be Drew. Mm-hmm. I think he is in danger. You know, there's lots of speculation around about him of going stale. So he'd be one that could do with a fresh coat of paint. Call up, Campbell mentioned him already, Braun Breaker. I'm not sure what else he can do on mm-hmm. NXT. I'd love him to get rid of that stupid name, though. <laughs> <laughs> After um, the controversy at WrestleCon, I don't think Steiner is getting added to his. No. To his <laughs> not Probably not now. He's got to go Steiner, though. He's got I, to at some point go Steiner. I think it'd be hilarious if they There's... called him Shaw. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> his dad would disown him. Um... So I would probably say if there's a tag team I want to break up, it's Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Mm-hmm. So send mm-hmm. Braun to Raw, let him be a monster again. Yep. Braun Strowman is a great wrestler. I don't care what anyone says. I will die in that hill. Good Co- wrestler, maybe. What a dying on hills to do. <laughs> <laughs> Calling up from NXT, give me the boys that chase you. Just let oh. me let me see what happens with that on Raw. I think their gimmick probably suits Raw um, more mm-hmm. than it suits any other brand. So let's go for that. Who would I send back to NXT, Ross? It's a shame, but I think Madcap Moss and Emma mm. um, as a tandem duo could do some really good work in NXT. And it's just not clicking for me in the main roster yet, so that's what I'd go with. There is quite a few uh, mixed tag feuds in NXT, and ironically why I'm annoyed why they've made two sets of women's tag titles. Yeah. Because NXT seems to be where all the women's tag teams are. <laughs> so surely at WrestleMania and all that, instead of... Oh, sorry, the big fours, cramming another match onto a show. Mm. The takeover prior to that, you could just have the the women's tag champions on there, yeah. and it would be across multiple brands and garner interest. Ryan, do you want to get in on this? Do you think? I think you've kind of taken my, my thunder a little bit to be honest. Yeah, I think Cameron Grimes is one that I want to see yeah. come up. That's that's mm-hmm. definitely one I want to see. I can't really think who who should go back though. I feel like I've got two now. Gary, <laughs> right. take it away. So whatever one he doesn't want, you can I'll take. T- I'll take the other one. So I'll mention the two of them. So Carrying Cross. That's what I was going to say. Oh. Of course you were. Right, so Ryan's picks Carrying Cross. Gary, who's your pick? Who you got, Gary? Only because it would lead to repackaging Butch or Pete Dunne mm. as 
only because of the repackage, because I think he's the total package. I mean, I'm surprised also that t- I expect to see Tyler Bate get mm-hmm. a shot on the main roster. Mm-hmm. If anybody's not seen his match on main event with mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler, go and watch it, please. Beautiful. It is sensational. Ironically enough, I think Dolph Ziggler, who should have stayed in NXT yeah. and Braun Breaker should have been on Raw a year earlier, I think if he went back to NXT as the sort of... He tried to have this gimmick for a while where he was complaining about millennials, mm. but he was a face, so it didn't work. It was yeah. like, old man yells at Cloud, but you should like this old man. <laughs> you should love him. Yeah, I think him going back to NXT and maybe, you know, having a go at all the new youngsters would totally. be quite good. Well, Natty fits that as well. Mm-hmm. Natty going back to NXT, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. God knows we're sick here and Raw SmackDown. So let's just let her go back to NXT, beat up some youngsters. Yeah, you know? But classic NXT was really good at bringing in somebody like Rhino, for example, mm-hmm. to work yeah. with the up-and-coming stars to make them better. Yeah. So you do need to have on an NXT a couple of experienced hands mm-hmm. that can still go, that can get a performance and can help. I know they've asked for their release, but I'd quite like to see a tag team going up and um, uh, what do you call them? I forgot their, 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 their name. I forgot their new names, but aye, I'd love to. Aye, <laughs> I'd love to see Shizzle. actually just them two going up on their own. Just send them up their own, give them the old gimmick back that we that we know. Because listen, Gibson's tremendous on the mic. He could cut so many promos, oh, have so many good matches with everybody on that roster. I think they'd be a, a decent one to... Did I tell you I had breakfast beside them in America? They were sat beside me in IHOP. Beside they did, them? They did ask yeah. him to leave multiple times, but he did yeah. refuse. Fair play to Gary. Yeah. All he did walk past them to say, How did you find it? for tonight. How did you find oh. it at the hotel? That was oh. weird. So they were, this was in an IHOP actually. Right, okay. We were in, but we found the hotel, I did stumble through the hotel that they were all staying in by pure chance. I wasn't stalking <laughs> no, people. I, I didn't have a hundred Funkos with me. I went into Gary, this hotel. what is the most recent search on your phone? Marriott wrestlers, where are staying? <laughs> <laughs> I went in to buy a drink and just happened to find myself in the lobby full of people. <laughs> and I resisted asking Finn Balor about his abs and Tyler Bate about his legs, although I did meet both of those people. We're proud of you. Mm. We're it, proud of you. Took a lot. I'm yeah. quite proud that you walked into a hotel to buy a drink, walking by six Seven Elevens, eight Mini Marts, a strip mall, and, a McDonald's. And the, and the city of shops, Gary had to go to the hotel. <laughs> a lot of hotels. It was, it was almost like if you imagine in Glasgow, the Crown Plaza beside the Hydro. Uh, the exhibition centre and whatever that other place is called that's what the Marriott is like in downtown LA it's in between all those venues so next time that Wrestlemania goes Hollywood book yourself into the Marriott you'll meet everybody it might might be booked out (laughs) (laughs) book it now just in case this is ESSR Central with the WWE Draft and tips on stalking wrestlers next up on the agenda our new sponsor (laughs) the Marriott Hotel (laughs) another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next up on the agenda after stalking wrestlers is WWE Backlash. No longer WrestleMania Backlash. Good. Thank God. Good. Uh, back to the good old Backlash. 
Two matches announced, six-man tag team action, the bloodline minus Roman Reigns, because who shows up to these B-pay-per-views anymore? <laughs> Going up against Riddle and KO and Sami Zayn. And, oh, wait, who shows up to a B-pay-per-view? Brock Lesnar. And he's going to take on mm. Cody Rhodes in what I imagine will be the main event. Um, let's just talk about quickly KO and Sami Zayn. We talked about the draft just there beforehand. Do you think this would be a good time to get one of the titles off them because they don't have like the big long tag title run? Mm. Moving one to Raw and taking the belt back. <sighs> would that kind of kill all momentum that you've had though leading up to them winning that? No, it's, because... it's only been a few weeks since Mania since they won it and that feel good moment. Are you going to then split them up after becoming powers again, take the titles off them and then just have titles in limbo? Not if I believe there's a tag title match announced for a SmackDown That's right, next yeah. week. Mm-hmm. The Usos versus Sami Zayn and KO. If they win that and they win the six man, their goal is to bring down the bloodline. Mm-hmm. They've succeeded in their part. So them not having one of the belts doesn't. Whereas if you did it to the Usos, it's like, well, or oh, n- nobody could beat us. Whereas we've seen before, yeah. KO and Sami Zayn part. Of the charm is they aren't unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and they got their feel-good moment. So that's I just d- my thoughts on it. Yeah. I don't think it matters. Um, if you send Sammy and Keo to SmackDown, the Raw Tag Team version will be stacked enough mm-hmm. uh, post-draft that they could do with that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Triple H is much better at accommodating tag team wrestling, especially in the title scene, mm-hmm. than Vince McMahon is. Um, but Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, obviously, in that six-man match at Backlash, I'm excited for it because I love the bloodline. I feel like the story with the Usos and Sami is kind of, this is the final chapter of that. I'm ready to move on from that. The one man I'm concerned about right now is Riddle. I'm just not excited about Riddle. I don't know what it is since he's come back, but it feels a bit sort of lacklustre right now. It seems like a man in limbo. He's doing the same thing he was before. I'm not sure if anyone really cares about him in this six-man match. Riddle is part of a team where they wanted the other guy to come back. Riddle is... <laughs> it's <laughs> no, the truth. People wanted Randy Orton to come back, even though, you know, Randy Orton was taken out by the bloodline months ago, and Randy Orton has 20 years of credit in the bank, and Randy Orton is one of the most beloved wrestlers in the history of WWE, and fans have been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come back, and then Riddle being taken out, it happened two months ago. Mm. Like, you, yeah. you hardly had time to miss him. And the and the build up to WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble and all that before, you know, oh he's back, oh cool. And Gary, you were at that WrestleMania. People weren't fond of it. You were saying people were so desperate for someone to come back that when Riddle came back, it was as if Stone Cold had came back. <laughs> yeah, I mean the pop that he got when he returned in the live arena. I don't know how it came over on television, guys, but in the arena, it was it was pretty. Pretty exceptional. Folk were excited to see him, but we had had a show that delivered very little hmm. in between. Almost versus Elias. What else do you want? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I quite like Riddle though. Like I, I like him as well. I think you know what you're getting with, with Riddle. You're getting somebody that's going to do a few moves that are going to like make you go mm-hmm. look quite sore. Plus, no shoes, which is great. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I think is really great about WWE and this Triple H led era of creative is the way that somebody like Riddle becomes part of another story. And mm. we've seen the way that Cody was integrated with the Sammy, eventually Kevin Owens, Bloodline story. I think that's 
I've seen that's that with the, the really good stuff. Judgment Day as well. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, being, being involved that. a little bit, like it's, it's such a great way to do it. You know, Heyman last night saying short term agreement, short term agreement, yeah. get this done, get it. and it's quite good because so the Judgment good. Day kind of give off that hired hitman vibe anyway. Yeah. So actually, it's a Paul, an option to buy. Aye, yeah. basically, <laughs> and you don't take it up. And <laughs> when when that moment in Raw happened last night, when the Judgment Day came out. I th- suspect everybody had the oh hang on a minute this mm. is interesting what's going on here and it's the first time in a long time with WWE creative that I can think I think I have to go back to the Attitude Era to think of the depth of storylines mm. or the variety of storylines There's we're getting to the point that more people in the roster have things to do and have angles outside of championship matches exactly and that's why I know we all had a bit of a shock in the Wrestlemania main event but this Cody versus Brock match, despite the sort of trepidatious way we embraced it when the moment happened of Brock turning on Cody, now the storyline possibilities for it become very exciting. Like, does Cody win or lose it? Backlash, does he win? Does he vanquish the beast Brock Lesnar? And that's where he begins his comeback story to finally taking down Roman Reigns. Or does Cody lose again? In another big match and we see Cody go down to his lowest point and have to build himself back up. I, I don't know. I think he loses again. I think he loses again. I think all these things that you see online and it sounds really daft and like oh pie in the sky, like, oh, this is him getting Triple H getting his own back yeah. for the for the I think it's, I think there's truth in that. I think there's definitely going to be some level of truth in in that happening because when you know Cody came back it was very much Vince led, wasn't it, at that yeah. point? Yeah. You know, and then he went out for so long because he was injured. Now he's back. Triple H's got full control. And he's going, I just don't think that's the best decision, mate. I think we should maybe go with this. And this is how we're going. I think there's definitely a wee bit of truth in the, 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 the bitterness on it. Because why would you build him up for so long, have the rumble, etc., build him up for so long, and then lose to the point where, I don't know, Ross, you do sweeps. Did anybody predict that that was going to happen? A couple of people did Roman, but we usually get a couple of hipster predictions yeah but i think that they were very much like a lot of people did put the parentheses i do not think he's going to win but it'd be funny if he did yeah like that was the sort of if triple h was sat in this room just now he would say to us why would i do that why would i have this asset that we are paying a lot of money to why would we build them up to lose them and then destroy the character but mm. WWE's history is littered with that exact thing yeah, happening. I don't believe that's what's happening. Like, call me, like, I can be a cynical man and call You're me a naive. Cynical man. Call You're me a naive. <laughs> but call me naive in don't this. Don't believe this. the kayfabe, David. <laughs> but when you look at the story of champions who finally get to the belt, it's the same as his dad. Dusty chasing Ric Flair was much more entertaining than Dusty as the champion. So let Cody chase some more. If he loses to Brock at Backlash, he beats Brock at SummerSlam. Then he builds back up to facing Roman at the next WrestleMania. Well, and that's the well, I think that's part of the fear, isn't it? Is that Cody was hot that moment at WrestleMania. If Cody had won the belt that night, that arena would have went crazy. The night in Raw afterwards would have been fabulous. Now, how long does he run with the title? He might only your faces don't generally have huge or very long title runs Mm -hmm. but will we ever get that moment again with Cody and that's I think where people's fear has come if he wins the belt at SummerSlam is it the same or can they do what you've just described there does he lose at Backlash get the victory at SummerSlam and then he's off to the races I think if you if you start this build for next Wrestlemania I think it kind of 
the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is remember when Roman almost won the Rumble and then next time when he did win the Rumble nobody cared Yeah, it's kind of got that vibe on it you're yeah, going um, if he, he should have won the Rumble at that point didn't everybody was livid then they went oh we're going to eventually give him the, the Rumble and you went ah, but now we don't like him yeah, it I could think... be Lex Luger-esque they had Aye. his chance he missed it mm-hmm. and then when they got round to him being in the main event of Wrestlemania 10 nobody cared I think the story here is very much mirroring when Cena got beat by The Rock yeah mm-hmm. and then he lost you know he couldn't beat Punk for the title and he had you know matches where Big Show turned on him and he lost to Laurinaitis and he was losing to Brock and you know all that stuff and it built him up and then he had to win the Rumble and he wins the Rumble again but the danger you have here is in between them announcing the first John Cena Rock match, there was the rise of CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been no one that's maybe rose high enough to overtake Cody from the first, you know, WrestleMania come back to the first yeah. Roman Cody match. But what happens if, you know, we're talking about people coming up from NXT, what if, what if Carmelo Hayes comes up and instantly takes fire at that and mm-hmm. people are like, main event, him. Now, what yeah. happens if Gunther, who Sammy is Zane. Sammy Zayn, mm. you know, we saw well, it that, there you go, so nearly that's actually happened. Good. nearly happened. happened. <laughs> uh, what happens if Sammy Zayn takes fire again? What happens if Drew says, Look, main event of WrestleMania next year, or I'm out the door? What happens, Gunther, who is on that precipice, who if he won the Royal Rumble, no one really would have been that upset <laughs> because I, I, I'd love it because yeah. people were like, Oh my, is Cody going to win at 30 or is this going to be? you know Gunther's time so what would have been better I think this year and this is benefit of hindsight Sami Zayn should have won a title against Reigns at Mania that would have been your hot moment Cody could have done something else then Cody could have started that journey afterwards to maybe SummerSlam you know against against Sami because you kind of you always want that WrestleMania payoff now do I think he would have took that further than Cody would probably not Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to have the same long-term thing, but for a WrestleMania moment, Gary, you'd have been there. Could you, you know, you'd have seen what happened when they won the tag titles. Could you imagine the Sunday night, Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns? That place would have been absolutely bouncing. Yeah. Like, it would have moved. You actually, I'm just thinking now, you could have actually done something quite interesting with that. We saw how Cody lost the title when the, the bloodline interfered, mm-hmm. or sorry, when Solo Sokoa interfered. You could have done night one where... The bloodline tries to interfere and KO and Cody scare them away. But when Cody's getting attacked by Solo, no one was there. Because then you could have went and you could have put Roman to one side and started a new feud with someone completely different. Yeah. And you could have went straight into a Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn feud. You know, where were you when I needed you? Yeah. Sort of thing. But, but I do feel the role after Mania is soured us on what happened at Mania. Because mm-hmm. I get yeah. that Sami winning a title would have been great at singles title mm-hmm. but the tag team main event was superb with the no, Usos I, I, don't it's get me wrong I, I, it's not a slight on that yeah. I, I just think if we're talking about Cody and, and where we can see Cody going between now and probably next Mania yeah. they've probably ruined that moment they could have had see I, I disagree with you because again I'm not a WWE show but I'm trusting the process <laughs> when it comes to Triple H I'm trusting the story that he's going to tell I don't think that this would have been a decision that's been made without any thought. Like, and you talk about the Sami Zayn thing, and whilst you make a good point about mm. someone else rising and maybe taking attention away from Cody next year, he dealt with the Sami Zayn 
rise Massively. beautifully, mm, yeah. really well. So I'm going to trust the booking when it comes to it. If I'm back here in a year's time and I'm wrong... <laughs> You'll be all elite. That, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I'm happy to be wrong. But for now, I'm going to give Triple H the benefit of the doubt and I hope that when it does come Cody's time, it's still a brilliant moment for us. That was New Japan superfan David Campbell. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's swing back round to Backlash for uh, just now. Brock Lesnar's look on Raw last night, the cowboy hat and the long coat, the outlaw look. He look. He is Brock Lesnar. He His default setting is terrifying. He's, he's in his uh, Undertaker era yeah. now, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think that's what he got for ending the streak. Like, this is, <laughs> he got, he got custody of the un, You unlocked I've, the attire. Really. I've, took, I've took your streak, and you know what? I like that Jacob. Uh, so. He's your Jacob. <laughs> took, took it right off his back. <laughs> Goes back to the old Kevin Bridges joke. One guy in the room saying, does this suit me? Does it fit me? Does, does it, it suit, suit me? me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looks terrifying. Brock has not been on the best of runs recently himself. Mm. And Brock has said on the Pat McAfee podcast, he's fine just kind of doing what he is just now and he's having fun and he's enjoying himself. But are we in danger of maybe Brock turning into a bit of a Goldberg here? Not match quality, by the way, before mm. we start that. Yeah. But the Goldberg thing in WCW and the th- even in his one year in WWE was that Goldberg didn't lose. Goldberg, when Goldberg lost, it was through nefarious means or it was a big deal. Like, mm. oh, who's this new guy? Goldberg has since lost to The Undertaker, Brock, Drew, Braun Strowman, you know, Bobby Lashley. Mm. He's not had... How has Goldberg had that many matches since coming back? I, I know. I know <laughs> he just named it and I went... He did, he did, he did I mean, it is over a six-year period. Still, though. Still wild. <laughs> and every wild. match has been the same. It's all, all of those matches just should not have happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> In my, my opinion, Goldberg should only ever come back to beat people like Jinder, Miz and Baron Corbin. Oh, his match against Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam Perfect was brilliant. Perfect oh. Because yeah. these are, they are three heels who will always be despised as heels and can always bounce back and mm. can always... Yeah. In the case of Baron Corbin and Miz, can always s talk their way back into a title picture and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So, 100%. but with Brock not getting the title and constantly losing to Roman and having to get disqualified against Bobby Lashley because he couldn't, he wasn't as strong as him. Are we starting to see Brock being maybe underutilized and maybe diminishing returns? For what? Because we're talking about a diminishing return for Cody, maybe beating Roman next year. Hmm. A win against Brock Lesnar in 2023 is not the same thing as a win against Brock Lesnar in 2019 was. No. Yeah, you're right in what you say. It's not, but that is also the natural shelf life, I feel, of any wrestler. I think what we need to accept is that it's going to be a different Brock Lesnar going forward because Brock Lesnar is now entering the twilight of his career. And the difference for me, the main difference, Ross, between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg is that Brock is more versatile as a character. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we wouldn't have said even three, four years ago because he was just the killing UFC machine that would come in and do the same thing over and over. This cowboy run has shown me that I'm not worried about Brock Mm -hmm. because he's so entertaining. It's not just about the presence anymore. It's not just about Suplex City. Brock Lesnar can go out there and he can entertain the fans and put on a show. Let's be honest, guys. This face run of Cowboy Brock Lesnar, it's a hundred times 
more entertaining than any of us would have thought it would mm-hmm. have been. Absolutely. Brock's match at SummerSlam last year, the the chaos that went round about that against Roman, I thought was one of the matches of the year yeah. last year. When you think what Brock, how Brock's been booked and positioned since he's he's come back, he can only since he came back to WWE, mm-hmm. he can only be in the title picture for so long, mm-hmm. and he's actually I would argue. Brock as champion has been done to death. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we need to see him in a different position. Now he's out of the title picture because of uh, the stipulation of that match at SummerSlam, which is why him turning in Cody didn't really make a lot of sense mm. in th- that way. Yeah, um, the reason they gave was on the SmackDown, they said he was unhappy that his match went on first. Yeah. Even though at WrestleMania <laughs> 35... He had his guy walk out. He and demanded say, to go first. I'm going yeah. first if I'm not going last because I want to get, first, the hell out get of up here. the road. What's right. funny about that is that they've made that the storyline reason. I'm pretty sure in SmackDown it was like Wade Barrett speculation. Mm-hmm. So everyone's just <laughs> taking it and run with it. Yeah. And the world of WWE is the most reliable journalist in the planet. Like, <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm also excited to see what comes next with Brock. I think on being this this the. Um, this nasty heel kind of suits him, mm-hmm. but we've also seen that he's a, a nasty heel with some vulnerability because we know he can't beat Lashley mm-hmm. and they've got an unfinished story. I think most of us probably expected to see Lashley and Brock at Mania, Mania and then they obviously went off in different directions. So that's unfinished business between the two of them. And does Lashley pick up with uh, Brock after them? Because that would be a proper boss move if. If mm-hmm. Brock's the bully and he's coming out and raw and he's picking in all these smaller people, beating up the ring announcers, the commentators, and then Lashley's the one to stand up to the bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, Lashley's already super over, but that. I mean, if anybody had a reason to attack Cody after WrestleMania, it was Lashley. Yeah, exactly. But so Cody Brock, what do we think? Do we think. Cody gets a bit of momentum back because we'll talk about a WWE event that's coming up after Backlash uh, on a very special day on Roman's title run. Uh, does Cody get his win over Brock or are we going to see the the sort of labours of Hercules version of Cody Rhodes? David, I'll come to you last because you look very torn there. So I'll go to Gary then, Ryan. So I hope Cody, but I think Brock will come out at Backlash. Okay, sitting on the fence there, I like it. I, like well, it. I hope he'll win it. If it was up to me... But I'm going to put both answers up, out there. If it was up to me... Okay. If it was up to me, Cody beats Look, Brock I'm your mom in the show, and you can have one sweetie. Okay, one sweetie and one Cody. sweetie. Cody. Cody. Okay. That's going to be good, because David can settle it, because I, I want Brock. To win us. I, I'm not really bought into this Cody You're cheering thing. for the bad guys? That's I, I've a just not really, I, do you know I've not actually bought into Cody as much... As everybody else has, and then after WrestleMania, I've just bought in even less now. So I hope Brock batters. The- They've took it all away. They've took it all away from Ryan. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm torn because I said I'll be happy either way. Mm-hmm. I was leaning towards Brock mm-hmm. until you said what you just said. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my god, they're Bless doing the t- soul roads is on the road. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it in Saudi Arabia. I think we'll do into backlash. Oh. <laughs> But that title change, if that does happen at Backlash, that is not the same impact as it happening at Mania, is it? It's so not. let's let's quickly touch. We'll touch on that in a wee minute, but let's talk because I know David Campbell, you want to talk about this. We don't know when the match will be. 
I would like to see them strike with their hands hot and do it at Backlash. Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, David, Trish Stratus's promo last night on Raw, she's nobody's sidekick. And do you know what's great about it? And we say this about every heel. <laughs> when they speak the truth, mm-hmm. they're the best villain of all time. She isn't anybody's sidekick. She did do it mostly on her own. Um, like I don't care what any Lita fan says. Um, and she is no one's childhood fantasy. She is the greatest of all time. I'll watch that promo, Ross, and it's everything that I've been wanting for Trish Stratus for years. People viewed her as this all-conquering hero. No, Trish Stratus was at her best. When she was a bitch. Trish Stratus was a bitch. <laughs> that was what was great about her back in the day. And now she is that once again. And it's the perfect way to use Trish Stratus. And I'm hoping, I pray to God, now you can do it at Backlash all you want. I'll watch Trish Stratus anytime. But I would like Trish here for a long run. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus as Raw Women's Champion would annoy <sighs> so many people. It would not annoy me. <laughs> it would be so good. That Bianca Belair feud, uh, run is a... St- year-long title run that mm. should have been cut short at the six-month mark. Yeah, totally. Because... I also can't believe that it's 2023 and Trish Stratus is, like, hot on telly again. <laughs> like, this is sensational. <laughs> like, we Ryan is absolutely freaking out. Yeah. Watching telly, it's great. Oh, it's, brilliant. it's brilliant. I don't remember back in the day Trish Stratus being as good a promo as that was. I thought that was amongst her best work. When she turned face... Sorry, turned heel the other week, I was... Like, oh, I've seen this before with people who have been heroes. We've seen it with, you know, going back a long time, maybe it's 17, Austin turned heel, Becky Lynch in 2017. Yeah. The fans didn't want it. So I was a wee bit worried, like, would people actually boo and hate Trish in this era? And her promo, it just at the start of it, I wrote down some of the things that she said on it. Got a history lesson for you kids. So condescending at the start. <laughs> I was the women's division. She did it on her own. You wouldn't believe, you, and you wouldn't believe it if you listened to Becky Lynch. And then at the end, I'm not a nostalgia act. I just thought, if listen to that promo, it's five minutes long. It's a masterclass on delivery. She also some brilliant. serious serious shade to Tory Wilson mm. and that as well like, <laughs> where is the respect and, tri- and Stacey Keebler's just went into the Hall of Fame exactly <laughs> nothing on. for her oh I mean, it was just brilliant delivery I, one of the things I hope I pray to God we do not get because of this uh, now that Trish has admitted that it was her that took out Lita on Raw last week I pray to God we don't get Trish versus Lita. Be prepared for it. Oh, I am. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah. Because what we've seen from Lita in the ring recently makes me suggest that her, I think it's, I think the evidence mm-hmm. is irrefutable now. Her best days are long gone. I kind of knew that last yeah. time she came back yeah. as well. She was but quite even further like, away now. In, in the rumbles, <laughs> she almost killed herself on numerous occasions. Yeah. Like, she's not been great. She actually... Was Leah ever really that great? So, like, right. like let's be let's be honest. Like back in the day, was she ever actually that great? Like, she was a great character. Yes. But so here's here's where we go to the the one move of Doom, right? And I'll, I'll come back to this in a minute. But you mentioned obviously not being great in the Rumbles, mm-hmm. and she wasn't. But she was very good in the tag match at Evolution, and she was very good against Becky and the title match she had last year. And props to the women in the tag match. And props to Becky because you've clearly held him up yeah. because it was uncomfortably bad watching her at WrestleMania because mm-hmm. Trish 
put it this way, the move that Trish botched, quote-unquote, was where she had to rely on two other people lifting her up in a proper gymnastics routine mm-hmm. and then hurricane run someone off the top rope. Yeah. It's a difficult move to do anyway, for someone in their prime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I get tongue-tied and pulled a hamstring trying to say it. <laughs> so, you know... You pulled a muscle coming up in the lift. I, I know. <laughs> and broke the lift. But anyway, <laughs> we look back and history is filled with people who do really good moves. Like, Bob Hawley had a great drop kick. But I don't want to see him in 2023. No. Lita had a good moonsault, and Lita was very fortunate to be part of the hottest tag team of that era. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Edge and Christian with the heels, and all the hipsters liked them. The Dudley Boys had the indie cred because they came for ECW, and everyone, and I mean everyone, liked the Hardy Boys because they were WWE. Because WWF was cool at the time and they were the cool guys. They did the flips and jumped off ladders and this is what Lita did. She did a moonsault. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier to do a moonsault when you're younger than it is when you're older. As I. Say someone who's never done a moonsault. (laughs) Take your word for it. (laughs) Listen, my my trampoline skills had the glide path of a sofa, okay? So that's all I'm going to say there. But she was very much a valet. She was very much a one-move sort of person and I said to Gary before we came in when you look back at those nostalgic feuds Edge and Christian versus the Hardys Trish versus Lita they were very one-sided in favour of the latter yeah sorry the former because Edge and Christian were good as heels the Hardys were like a dusty roads a face getting a run Lita a face getting a run Mm -hmm. and ironically enough Lita's best work in my opinion was when she was a despicable heel at yeah. the side of Edge. A hundred percent. Yeah. The roadmap for this is that Trish will face Lita. And I wouldn't be surprised if that comes first and she keeps putting off Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. What I'd love to see in the middle of that, now I don't know what her injury status is, but if you did Becky and Lita versus Trish and Mickey, that would be something. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain why. Because... See in wrestling, and I know not everyone's dream in wrestling is to go to WWE, but if it didn't happen in WWE, I'm sorry, it's not as important as people make it out to be, okay? <laughs> and Mickey James, her her over-importance of her own ego and her own career <laughs> and wow. impact is despicable. And no, 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 and here's why, and here's why. She did this last rodeo, right? Hmm. Bear in mind, one year prior in the Hard to Kill main event, she was in the main event and she won the Knockouts title. So it wasn't as if... Oh, I haven't had that title for 10 years. Mm. No, no, no. She she had had the title. She lost it in the March, so it had been less than a year. She did this last rodeo thing where she faced all the up-and-coming talent and all the top contenders in Impact and beat every one of them. <laughs> so she basically beat every contender on the way to the title, then beat the champion, cleanly, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Went, oh, I mean, this just really is a victory for women's wrestling. I mean, I have lost a step. Don't say that. <laughs> you've just beaten every single woman we have while saying you've lost a step. And then instead of doing what Josh Alexander did, which was, by the way, I'm injured, I'm vacating the title. She held on to it for another two weeks just to make her reign go that bit longer. No, <laughs> despicable. I don't want Mickey James back. So much that's, like, much like Eamon said to Frankie, I don't want you back, okay? That's, that's not what he said. <laughs> so oh, in this, cool relaunch, <laughs> this relaunch episode, we're throwing 
Mickey James and Bob Holly <laughs> under the bus. And Kevin Patrick. Let's Kevin never forget Patrick. that. <laughs> anyway, next like... week's guest is Kevin Patrick <laughs> on the show. Damn. Exclusive interview. <laughs> I... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When I was on my way here tonight, I was thinking about this this story and where, where WWE goes next with Trish and Becky. The logical thing is there's going to be a match at Backlash. Is there a way to, is there enough here to, uh, drag out's not the right word to take this story through to SummerSlam and have a big match and a big show between yes. these two uh, and what the the bits are in between I, I don't know mm. it just Trish win money in the bank and then cash in and Bianca Belair and then we've got a title match you're David making Campbell's. David Campbell's year right he's here. just booked his <laughs> ticket to London the thing is that's better than what I was going to say because I was like yes the way you make this story go further Three words. Trish squashes Becky. Have Trish squash Becky at Backlash. If Becky can do it to Bianca Belair mm. and it works out in the end, yeah. Trish can do it to Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Well, Becky did send out a tweet, I will not be at Raw this evening. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's too heartbroken in the storyline to go back. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's how you keep her off. To, you have you know, Trish appear every so often just taunting Becky, just going, hey, do you want to see Becky? Yeah, she's not here. That's because of me. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. That could last eight weeks at least. 100%. I'd watch that. <laughs> Trish TV. Oh, but yeah. Let's talk, um, before we move on, to final, uh, final few news stories. 1,000 Days of Roman Reigns will happen at the Night of Champions pay-per-view in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. It's on a Saturday. Does Roman lose here? No. Yes. Do you think it happens in Saudi Arabia? Surely not. There's no way you can have that that run. Exactly. You can't. No. That has to finish at a big show. show. It's got to be a mania now. Their answer tells you everything you need to know, Ross. They are Mister, not convinced. I went to WrestleMania, not like all <laughs> the t-shirt. Do you know what? He's got a point. To be fair, our answer does answer all those questions because we literally don't know. I was convinced he was going to lose at Mania. Mm-hmm. There, and, and then they just went the complete opposite. So if we're convinced it's not going to be Saudi it's going to be Saudi Arabia. It's a thousand days. It's the mark. The graphic flashes up. <laughs> 1,000 days. Cody beats him on the 1,000th day. It's a landmark. It's an occasion. Now, you can say it should have happened at Mania. It should have happened at SummerSlam. But this keeps it unpredictable. It certainly does that. This big a title change can happen at Night of Champions in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Anything can happen in the WWE. (laughs) Now, we have seen WWE do this many times over the years where it looked like it was too obvious. I remember when... um, Christian was supposed to come back and uh, and then he appears in ECW. Oh, it's Christian. <laughs> and sometimes the output of the let's not go down that route because it's too obvious doesn't mean it's a good yeah. output mm. from it. I don't know. I... No offence to the good people of Saudi Arabia, but I mean... 
but absolutely fucking government. Sorry. <laughs> Our next I week's guest is Saudi to Arabia go to government. to see Cody win the fucking title. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to sit in my sofa at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and watch it, I'm not going to be happy. At least you wouldn't be sleepy. Right. <laughs> what, what annoys me is it is very much uh, because the the TV deal out there is new and there is recency bias and a lack of exposure to WWE that it's not the same and you know hey you know the western way is not always the correct way but the crowd reaction at a Wrestlemania the crowd reaction in a London the crowd reaction in a Chicago or something like with with some respect to the crowd in in Saudi Arabia if he does lose the title to Cody I think you would still get a decent enough reaction because it's it's going to be a crowd size and let's take away who the people are or or where it is held you're still going to have a stadium full Mm -hmm. of fans who will be bought in Mm -hmm. to Cody Rhodes they'll be bought into this potential Mm -hmm. you know Roman dropping the title Mm -hmm. so you're still probably going to get that reaction I just think it shouldn't be on a night of champions they play ball more in Saudi Arabia they mm-hmm. cheer who they're meant to cheer and they boo who they're meant to boo. Yeah. You're not doing this in Chicago, Illinois. You're doing this where the fans will do exactly what WWE wants them to do. And that's why I don't actually have that big a problem with it. The pay-per-view bit is called Night of Champions. We expect this to be a B pay-per-view because of what we know about what's come to that before. This is an opportunity to build up that brand. It's an opportunity to build up the Saudi shows once again. If we are going to do pay-per-views in all these parts of the world and our attitude to them is still these are B shows, Mm -hmm. why should anyone pay their money to go and see them in those countries? Now that you said that, Night of Champions 2011, out of every title on the line, every title was retained except the two world titles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and maybe it's just because we are in the era of a big long Brock title run and then AJ Styles held the WWE title for a year and Roman Reigns has held it for, you know, three nearly three years at this point. We did see title changes on B pay-per-views. Yeah, like yeah. I remember the only from Royal Rumble to SummerSlam two thousand, only three times sorry, four times was the title retained. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So Triple H and Rock played hot potato with it, and then you still had time for Kurt Angle to win the title at an, a B pay per view. But I think the guys make a really, really good and quite shrewd point. Actually, if WWE going forward wants to sell these mega shows into these new markets and territories, they're going to have to uh, and do big stadium shows and attract seventy, sixty thousand people to these shows. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to convince the people that are going to pay for the show and the local markets that are going to buy tickets, that this is a show that matters. And if you were Saudi Arabia, let's be honest, apart from Goldberg and The Undertaker nearly killing each other, not much (laughs) of note has happened on the Saudi shows up until now. So if you want to make these moments matter, Clash at the Castle was a great show. Didn't sell out. No. So if you want to start doing some of these big shows, people have to believe that something is going to happen. If it didn't happen with Drew in Cardiff, when it felt like the perfect opportunity, you need the international market to believe 
that when it's a lesser story, it still can happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh, oh, excuse me, Mr. West is best, so, because Drew can't win in the UK, Mansoor can't win in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> is that what you're saying to me? I look forward to Mansoor versus Roman <laughs> Reigns for the universal title. I look what forward I'm to still... when Mace turns on Mansoor. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, Massey. if we couldn't get a big moment at the first UK show, mm. the fans need reason to believe that big moments can still happen anywhere. Yeah, and that's absolutely. why I'm saying you can look down on it happening in Saudi, you can look down on it not happening at WrestleMania. But if Cody beats Roman at 1,000 days, that's finishing the story in a nice little neat bow with a nice round number. I, Guys, I take it back, I'm convinced now. He's, he's I have, <laughs> Guys, I've got to tell you, I was in Manchester the day that SmackDown was recorded and AJ Styles beat Jinder for the world title. <laughs> and I didn't bother going thinking, I'm just going to get back up the road early. Nothing ever happened on SmackDown when it was recorded here. I've been in that arena when nothing happened <laughs> uh, for many shows. So I thought I'll just get myself back up the road and I missed uh, a world title change. Yeah. Well, yeah, I... So what you're saying is you're booking flights to Saudi? Right? <laughs> yes, I'm on my way. <laughs> Get out <any> expenses. <laughs> let's let's talk about something a bit closer to home. ICW. Before you start with us, I have just um, I've just realised something. Um, we are in a nice professional radio studio just now. Mm-hmm. I have got a log of songs up in front of me. Do we want to pick a song to play us out today for the end of the show? And I'll get it ready to go. It can be any. What, what are the options? What um, are the three in front let's of you? go for older songs. Okay. If there's any older songs you can think of, um, let me know. David Campbell, I'll come to you. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Goodbye. Okay, leave it with me. You just continue talking. <laughs> ICW, you were saying? Yes? Yes, ICW. Uh, we're on the Yellow Brick Road to Shug's House Party. We've got to get the F out yeah, first. Yes. Get the F out is in May, but they have announced for the garage Shug's House Party number eight. This time. It's only a one-night show. Now, we talked about how WWE has gotten so big and WrestleMania itself is such a big thing that we've had to extend it to two nights. ICW, because of, obviously, the pandemic and, you know, some ugliness that Mm -hmm. has happened before, is in a rebuilding stage and there's a lot of good talent at ICW just now. However, I think we went to the two-night Fear and Loathing in 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the balance. And that was a great one-night show stretched out over two nights. It was a lot of filler. And I think playing to the strengths, because we have been to the Garage shows since. We went to the Garage uh, Fear and Loathing. It was one night. It was one night of big matches, 100 mile an hour action, loads of stuff thrown at you, and by the end you were like, that was great, when's the next show? Mm-hmm. Do you think this is the model that ICW... ICW should be taking just now, playing to their strengths and doing one night shows. I think when you're when you're in this kind of rebuild stage, like we we know they are, there's no getting away from, you know, mm. things that have happened in the past and, and you know, they've had to bring through quite a lot of new talent all mm-hmm. at the one time, which never happens with a company. You're never in that position where you're bringing through like almost a whole new roster mm-hmm. at the one time. You know, we, we know over the years of watching wrestling, you need to get one or two guys coming through mm-hmm that you can start getting invested in as they go through. If you're doing that at one time, that's why people aren't really going to the shows as much as they used to be. That's why they're at the asylum. They're not at the garage now week to week, you know, because you've not really got that roster, as we say. That's not a kind of slight on them. That's kind of the way it's had to be. You know, it's not been through, you know, any, well, I could say their own fault, but like they're, they're having to do this because these guys aren't there and you can't use these guys that, that we've all known for so long so 
I think this is the model we need to do. Going back to the garage for big shows, keeping your weekly shows at the asylum, building up these new characters. As we've seen, you know, guys like Daz Black. Yeah. I think I remember we were at um, a garage show before. You, you guys might have been there when Daz Black came out. I can't remember who he faced. It was his first match, and we sat and went, "He looks quite good." Mm-hmm. But we weren't invested in him at that point. We had to wait until this. That's probably been a couple of years now that you've had to wait to get invested in that character again. So it's taken a long time. You can't be you can't be booking these big battle land shows on the strength of just people coming because they've got nothing else to do to go see some wrestlers they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, David, you and I spoke about how Ring of Honor, mm. how when Ring of Honor relied on the New Japan connection, they didn't really a company known for building homegrown stars kind of relied on the Bullet Club and the New Japan stars because they were the cool thing. Yeah. And we saw with the WWE connections. They were allowed to bring Noam Dar back. We had the likes of uh, Tyler Bate defending the NXT UK title mm. and an ICW show on an ICW pay-per-view. But ICW, I've always thought, was at its best when it relied on ticket sales. It lived or died by that. And that's when it was at its hottest. Is it maybe subconsciously it's maybe relied a bit too much on the WWE connection? And now that that's gone, they are having to build all these homegrown stars at the once. Yeah, 100%. And I don't fully blame them for that because whether ICW got in bed with WWE or not, WWE with WWE NXT UK had a foothold to a certain extent on the UK wrestling scene anyway. It's not just ICW, I think, who are in this situation just now. But you're completely right in what you say, Ross. Like Their biggest, best period was pre-WWE getting involved in the UK. They built these stars. They built this talent by taking chances and putting people up against the best of the best and allowing them to have matches that had exciting programmes and storylines. It comes down to, at the fundamental core, the quality of the product you're putting throughout the show. Good characters, yes. New exciting talent, yes, Ryan. But also, tell me interesting stories that are going to catch my attention. If I'm ICW right now, I'm not just wondering how do I... keep the attention of those who are at my shows what can i do that's going to break into the digital sphere that's going to attract people like me because ross i'll be honest with you i like wrestling i also like going to the movies i also like playing football i also like sitting in my backside and doing nothing sometimes <laughs> so how is icw going to get me to the asylum do you know how they got my attention before grado went viral on youtube coming out to madonna's like a prayer where's that next moment for icw remains to be seen mm-hmm Gary, you've obviously been doing going to the ICW shows uh, for a while. You, Derek, and Stephen uh, regularly going to the ICW shows. What do you think they need going forward? What would your advice be? So I think there's a couple of things. Like as somebody that's organised lots of events over my career, um, th- there is something quite nice about having events that tickets sell out quite easily you don't have to make a, a slog or a big play so it's nice to do big big venues but it's also quite nice to have smaller venues which sell out which also create the sense amongst people like oh tickets are going on sale i better hurry up and buy my tickets because this is going to sell out and that's something that's happening in the events market just now if it doesn't feel like uh, there needs to be some urgency or a sense of urgency for people to buy tickets and ICW need to create that sense of urgency. Mm. And I think they're trying to do that with some of the marketing just now. They also People that miss out need to get a sense of FOMO as well. Oh my God, that happened. 
and I wasn't there for it. 100%. Oh, that seems crazy. I can't believe they did this or that happened. So that's the two of the things I think ICW need to do, and I think they're trying to do it as well. I think the point Ryan was making was right about right size in the venues. So I assume, I don't know what the figures are, but I assume that doing the asylum shows for their TV tapings is quite a cost-effective way of doing that. The big shows we have been to in the garage, we were at the Square Go, it felt very full mm. in that building. So I'm going to guess that I don't think ICW will be that far away from outgrowing the garage as a venue for their big shows too soon. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised to see the Square Go there this time next year. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're starting to get to the space where they could move back to a bigger venue. I think as well that... <sighs> Not having WWE and being able to go back to the the old music that they can use oh, and get away with a lot more yeah. as well. Like I know we we joked about it before, but you know the, I think I mentioned to you, Gary, when we went to the last Asylum show, like when Jason Reed came out to Simply the Best, his whole character is built on that, and he wasn't able to use the music for so long. Yeah. Like I think C being able to just do that because it's it just gets you that heel, and it's the same way. You know, when Gradle came back, they could use like a prayer. It wasn't that kind of weird dubbed version, mm-hmm. which kind of didn't kill it for them. But if you're trying, it didn't to, help. Did it, it didn't help. But if you're trying to build that back up again, yeah, being able to just go back into what made you popular and famous, and it's Gradle coming out to that, and it's it's playing things simply the best to a crowd in Glasgow and getting half loving you, half hating you, and just being able to use that, like that's what they need to build on. They need to kind of go almost back to basics for them. Mm-hmm. For what got them to that point and build up to the point where people go, okay, that's ICW that I remember. Yeah. I remember that one. And credit where credit's due, they are putting on good shows. Mm-hmm. That if, uh, asylum show that you just mentioned was a sensational night. Aye. People that paid the money for their tickets got great value for money that night. We almost died. In yes, that we almost had a, a very large, sweaty, hairy man fall <laughs> on our laps. And it wasn't the... me for once. It's, it's normally me, but this time it wasn't me. There's many a single man out there wanting a large, hairy man to fall on their lap just now. That could be me. That could be If you want it to be me, it could be for the right place. And you can follow Ryan on Twitter. Ryan's only fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Let's move from ICW to EWEW Wembley on August 27th, Sunday, August 27th at Wembley Stadium, all in. 90,000 people meant to be, sorry, 90,000 seat stadium, mm-hmm. and 50,000 people have apparently signed up for pre-sale tickets. So... They'll sell that out, no bother. This is a ballsy move, mm. I think. Uh, I listened to Eric Bischoff's podcast a while ago, just before this got announced, I think, and he talked about AEW taking live shows to new markets and that they would... His prediction was they would do exceptionally well for it because these are territories mm. that are desperate for this product. So I think this is a ballsy move. We've seen WWE choose to do... Wembley Arena rather than Wembley Stadium mm-hmm. um, pre-sale numbers look incredibly encouraging and actually the price point also 
looks like between five hundred pounds to thirty pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that looks like it's priced to bring the masses mm-hmm. to it. We mentioned Clash at the Castle, which did not sell out, but the prices for that were exceptionally high, and WWE yeah. made a fortune from that event. The pre-sale, just to, the pre-sale registrations for Clash at the Castle, just a, a note of caution on that figure for AEW, whilst it's exceptionally encouraging, Clash at the Castle had extraordinary, I can't remember what the figure was, extraordinary number of people that registered for the pre-sale, which created some panic in the day that went, mm-hmm. the tickets went to sale. So just because 45,000 people have registered for the pre-sale does not mean that 45,000 people will try and buy tickets. But I think they'll do exceptionally well out of this. A group of us are going to it and looking forward to it. Um, but ballsy move. My worry is exactly what Gary has just said. WWE had great pre-sale numbers, still didn't completely sell out. The fan base for AEW is different to WWE. WWE can sell tickets, I think, to a casual audience where it's much harder for AEW to do the same yeah. thing. Their fan base is excitable, loyal, but there's less of them. So my prediction is that a lot of these people who have signed up for pre-sale tickets, that's your fan base. That's the people who really want to go and see AEW live at a stadium. I'm a wrestling fan. Love it. Went to Clash at the Castle. I had this discussion with someone at work today. Are you going to go and see AEW in London? Probably not. You know, because as of right now, just my personal view of the product as a casual wrestling fan is that there's not enough good stories to get me hooked for that just yet if that's me saying that a guy who's spending time here mm-hmm. to talk about wrestling in a podcast are there other people who are in the same boat that's my only query yeah. about it i also think with aw though they how many folk do you see i know actually grant was one of them as well he traveled across to america for all in, uh, all all in, in. Mm-hmm. Uh, to begin with You'll probably get that back as well. Yeah, You'll maybe. probably get people traveling from elsewhere to come to probably AW's biggest show, maybe. like like of all time. It's, yeah. it's their biggest show. People travel from the likes of America. They'll, they'll be here. There'll be people from like places like Japan, whatever. Whoever, whoever they get in, they'll travel to London for their show. You've got that forty five thousand, um, you know, kind of pre sale sign ups. Then people are going to buy probably two tickets. You know, but when when they got they got on, so I think they'll sell us out. No bother. I think we'll be really surprised how quickly they sell us out, yeah. uh, because it's it's new and it's fresh. Fair enough, WWE. They've got an easy way to watch these big shows. They have these big shows all the time. People want to be at the very first massive AEW show that there's been, yeah. and it's happening here. Fair. Enough, I know they've done shows in in America that have been big, yeah. but nothing's not, going to not be this scale. Nothing's going to be this scale. Wembley, ninety thousand people. Yeah. It's I just think- not going to be. I think this show will sell out and I think it's a failure on WWE's part that they have not taken it full advantage. We mentioned Clash at the Castle. We mentioned you know Money in the Bank coming to Wembley Arena, not Wembley Stadium. WWE, for years, you saw SummerSlam 1992. It's the iconic image. It's the iconic, you know, the old Wembley fell to the rafters. David Boy Smith wins the title in his home, home country. <laughs> Beating Gary's favourite Bret Hart. And fans have been crying out for a WrestleMania-sized event where they can they can go to somewhere in their home country, somewhere in Britain, somewhere where it's not going to be thousands and thousands of pounds in flights and having to change currency and yeah. you know time difference and all that stuff to deal with and get like if you if you work a Monday a Monday to Friday job, 
you don't need time off for this. <laughs> you're down on the it's Saturday. It's English bank holiday weekend Well, there well. you go. There you go. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're back up the road Monday night, you know, yeah. ready for work on Tuesday. I think wrestling fans in the UK have been clamouring for something like this. And AEW, I mentioned to Gary before, see when Adam Cole and Daniel Brian Danielson debuted on the same night in AEW. Mm-hmm. I thought, where does WWE go from here? Because there was no free agents at that time in wrestling that I thought, oh my God, who did they get in yeah. to cause that big a splash? AEW stalled a bit, and I feel that AEW and Wembley could set them on, like, set them off and set them on a, you know, the trajectory they were going before, Yeah, quite yeah. frankly, all the Ring of Honor nonsense happened. I've compared this to Clash at the Castle a couple of times, and I think one of the things that, uh, AW has in their favour over Clash of the Castle as it's in London it's much much easier to get to mm-hmm. than Cardiff for us going from Glasgow to Cardiff it was not straightforward for people travelling internationally not the same London's an international travel hub the type of people that Ryan referred to can easily get to London it will track in you and I are getting the megabus aren't we <laughs> over my cold dead body that sounds horrendous <laughs> alright Mr. All right, Mr Posh National Express okay we'll also Ross just to clarify something you said you, you said that um, WWE were running uh, Wembley Arena it's the O2 Oh, it's the, yeah. it's the other one. It's, it's the bigger one. The bigger, the bigger one. one. Bigger, so one. B- bigger, but not big. But even as still, as it's still only about twenty thousand in. Yeah. in yeah. there, it's yeah, it's not great. It's w- not WWE great. sells that out like that. I know. Well, and they did, and they charged a fortune for yeah. it. Yeah, and I know I'm sounding negative, and I don't mean to be, because I want AEW to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I want AEW to be great, and for a while it was. Mm-hmm. I'll miss those moments, Ross, where I was excited about Brian Danielson and Adam Cole coming in. But the track record has been they come in and feel like just another guy. Keith Lee comes in and feels like just another guy. I don't trust Tony Khan's booking the same way I trust Triple H's booking. So that's me as a storytelling perspective. When it comes to the ticket sales, again, I'll be happy to be wrong. But my only concern is, what is the AEW? And Ryan makes a good point about international travel. I hadn't really considered that, to be honest with you. But I'm still not sure. I also think I also think that AEW fan base is kinda hipstery. Yeah. They cannot they they'll they'll sell it out just to say we've done it. <laughs> just to say and people will be buying tickets and I'm leaving bloody going. Well, I'm yeah. not an AEW fan, guys, and I'm gonna to go to it because it's it strikes me as a cool moment in UK wrestling history yeah. to be there for it and it's a weekend away with my pals. But the goat's right, totally. AEW's booking is hoaching. Mm-hmm. Can they book a show that will attract a casual audience? Is a fair question. Do I think they'll sell it out next year if they come back? No. Mm. I think if this one off, I think they'll do it. This I is think the event British wrestling's been craving. Yeah, mm. and I think people will go for the sake of going, even if it's the worst card going. You'll still probably well, sell tickets well, and go. Sorry. If they run Punk, FTR versus the Elite. I will go. Yeah. It all so, lives and dies in the main event. We'll, we'll point that out in a minute, but just quickly, we talked about WWE and uh, AEW's booking. Mm. When Vince stepped away from doing everything and WWE became Triple H on the main roster, HBK on NXT, yeah. Stephanie did marketing, uh, Nick Khan was the president, people taking specific roles improved WWE. It, Ring of, uh, sorry, AEW went backwards when Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and was trying to do all of that stuff. Yeah. All of running AEW and all of running 
Ring of Honor. But you mentioned CM Punk. I think to sell a good few tickets, they do need him back. Mm-hmm. Rumours of a third brand launching for AEW. It almost feels like they're launching this third brand to keep Punk and Omega separate. Apparently the rosters will be split. The brand split is coming, folk, for AEW. <laughs> Thoughts on this? I personally oh, don't God. think we need it. I think Ring of Honor should just be the third brand. I just you- don't think it's strong enough. No, totally. Uh, at all. Like, totally. You know, we, we, we've just sat here and... It's absolutely not on the same scale, but we've just sat here and kind of almost slated the ICW for trying to run two big shows when they've not got the roster for it. Mm-hmm. AEW are trying to put on a full new show, yeah. despite still not having the roster to do it, and actually pull that No, no, off. I think they have the roster to do it. because They don't have the creative manpower. Yeah, they don't have the creative yeah, manpower because it's one guy. And David, uh, a quote you used when we spoke about Ring of Honor before was, you can't keep a company open as a museum piece. A hundred percent. Ring of Honor evolve. Ring of Honor got lazy from making homegrown talent to relying on the partnership with AAA and relying on the partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. You saw the show they did at Madison Square Garden in 2019 and people basically said the New Japan stuff was good, the Ring of Honor stuff wasn't. wasn't. Ring of Honor failed when it refused to build homegrown talent. Ring of Honor can never be the indie underdog again. It, to me, is... It's not quite WWE NXT, you know, a a show pretending to be indie when it's, you know, owned by a billionaire. It is more like WWE ECW. You've got your Christian and Claudio Castanoli as the underrated champion. You've got guys that weren't cutting it on the main roster, so they're now here. And you've got people that the casual fans don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know what <laughs> Ring of Honor is. Yeah. And that I'm going to get a bit heated at this pit here because you are completely right, Ross. Stop yourself in here. Why right is that Saturday night show not Ring of Honor? Why not merge that into the company if you're going to do two separate brands, which you've already done with Ring of Honor anyway? Do it and put CM Punk as your poster boy for Ring of Honor, and you can easily do an AW versus Ring of Honor storyline if you should please at that point. It makes storyline sense. It makes perfect sense. It makes marketing sense. But for some reason, Tony Khan's got in his head that, oh, I'm going to make it his own thing after completely permeating Ring of Honor throughout my product for the past nine months. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's a wee YouTube show. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to get it fight. Is that what it is? Fight YouTube? I think it's going to be on fight. Yeah. Load of nonsense. Right. Get a TV deal. You have another one there, another two hour Mm -hmm. show. Who's headlining that apart from CM Punk? Who can you afford to take away from AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage that you have enough? And I actually agreed with you when you said you have a big enough roster, right, Mm -hmm. to fill the shows. Do you have enough top-heavy depth? Well, that's kind of what I meant, no, when I said about you don't have the roster in the sense you don't have that many top guys that can actually run another show. Yeah. Yeah, You've got bodies. You've got bodies in there. You've got plenty of bodies. But... 95% 95% of them I do not care about 100% like, yeah you're right and the thing is they, they ruined Hook and that's the thing that gets me Hook was exclusive to Rampage and they kept him on that show and then stopped using him every week on this one show mm-hmm. so that they had the biggest hype around this guy mm-hmm. internet memes like people loved his look people loved what he was doing in ring 
and he completely wasted him. And now he'll never recover from that. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen with this new brand. We'll get another hook on Saturday Night Slam Down or whatever they're going to call it, <laughs> and then they won't use him for like a month and it'll die. You know what I mean? I, I think it's worth the name Saturday Night Slam Down. Like, it just sounds like a show WWE would show yeah. on Sky One in 1988. Oh, it's at nine in the morning show. <laughs> I think it's worth remembering, guys, that like, AEW is still a young mm-hmm. company. Um, it does not have the creative or the infrastructure to sustain the type of operation it's heading towards. Mm-hmm. I work in strategic consultancy now, and one of the things I would say is this just streaks, screams mission drift to me, everything they're doing. They don't have the storylines or the storytelling uh, to to sustain a weekly TV show as it is, or one TV show, never mind two, never mind three, um, they've got too many TV shows. A third TV show financially is probably going to be very lucrative for them, but I think it's a mistake. ROH, mission drift here. Roster splits, totally unnecessary. They can't tell the stories with one one TV show, one set of one big roster. I can't see how they're going to manage it with multiple ones. So wish them well. Obviously, I want them to succeed. Yeah. Um, but I... I worry about the direction of the company. And it's not about not wanting them to succeed, but you put it there perfectly, Gary. Everyone acts like AW's the fighting promotion of the people. They're taking this Saturday night show for more money. It's about money. Mm-hmm. And that's was the driving force behind it. And I don't like that that wolf in sheep's clothing about AEW. People act like, oh, Tony Khan's doing this because he's a fan of wrestling. Tony Khan is a businessman. Tony Khan is also a billionaire. Why do we treat Tony Khan like he's some sort of cocaine Jesus, but all of a sudden, WWE, anything they do, we'll get cynical about it like that. You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you, and I'll, I'll say it and I'll put it on record. I think... I think I would barter Tony Khan. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd put my money in you as well. I, I think I could barter Tony Khan. Yeah, I think I, I could take him. Depends yeah. how many bags he's in. Anyway. <laughs> and if you stay off the gin. Do you know what gets That's me? That's me, <laughs> Do you know what gets me about uh, the Ring of Honor thing? People left watching Ring of Honor to go watch AEW because it was easy to watch mm-hmm. because it had an international TV deal, because it had its marketing together. And now that the guys who had their marketing together have bought Ring of Honor, they still don't have it on TV. (laughs) And that's the like, I said this to you before, and we'll just... It's a damaged brand. And, like, here's just a couple of examples. You know, the homegrowns for the first, you know, era, 2002, AJ Styles, Daniels, Samoa Joe, where did people first see them? TNA. Because for as much as TNA is maligned, a lot, for a lot of its history in the Dixie Carter era, was chaotic and not in a good way. It's been on TV for nearly 20 years. Yeah. The summer of punk, 2005. You know what? In Chicago and in American indie wrestling, that caught fire. But really, it was an American grado. Because when did people watch the 2000 sum- 2005 summer of punk? 2011, when the summer <laughs> of punk happened in WWE. And Ring of Honor just went, oh, by the way, we had that. Do you want to see it on YouTube? Yeah. Six years after the fact, you know, yeah. all the guys had moved on by then. And, you know, the lack of homegrown stars relying on the AAA and the New Japan deal... It just, it really just should be the third brand of AEW because I think as a third brand of AEW, it could do something good. Much like when NWA Power came to YouTube, yeah. it felt like something new because quite frankly, as historic as NWA was, the era where between Ric Flair <laughs> and between Nick Aldis, no one cared. Quite frankly, <laughs> no one cared. Speaking of 100%. Nick Aldis. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. 
The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Nick Aldis returning to Impact Wrestling because at the minute in NWA, still nobody cares. But <laughs> is that the Nick Aldis that we have? Uh, Nick Aldis, who we have an interview with, which you can find on our Twitter feed at Suplex Retweet, the National Treasure back in Impact. And he. I'm in two minds about his return because uh, two new world champions in Impact at the conclusion of their Rebellion pay per view this past uh, Sunday night. Steve Macklin, from Forgotten Son to Golden Child, is now the World Heavyweight Champion in Impact. And Diana Perazzo, the virtuosa, the only person who should ever be holding a World Championship in the Knockouts division for my money, because she's absolutely sensational. She's, if you, and I, I don't just say this because David's here, she's this generation's Trish. Go watch her. She can do everything. Everything, right? Now, Look at his wee face. Look <laughs> at his wee you. face. I agree with oh, him. So cute. Looks like a competition <laughs> winner there. Steve Macklin. Uh, so obviously both titles were vacated. Josh Alexander needing shoulder surgery. Uh, Mickey James. We don't know the extent of her injury. Only the fact that she used it to get more TV time. Um, both <laughs> champions vacated their titles. Uh, Steve Macklin is the perfect example. Josh Alexander as well, actually, is the perfect example of not just being happy being another name in the crowd in WWE and not just wanting to be the shiny new toy for two weeks in the AEW. He went to Impact, they gave him a push, he beat 10 former world champions, he finally got the title win that many people were craving. The only thing I'm not happy about here is that it felt like it should have happened a few months ago. Mm. Billy Ray was brought back in Bound, at Bound for Glory in October to win the Call Your Shot Battle Royal, in which he pinned Macklin clean, one of Macklin's first pinfall losses. And took that, all, that run went from October to January where he fought Josh Alexander at Hard to Kill. This is when Josh Alexander's title run was starting to lose a bit of steam. And it felt the perfect time for Macklin to win the big 20-person Call Your Shot Battle Royal and then go all the way to almost like a rumble to WrestleMania-style storyline, go to Hard to Kill, win the title from Josh Alexander. However, with Josh Alexander getting injured, it meant they had a six-person tag, Team Macklin, Team Kushida, at the last Impact pay-per-view, Kushida, to add some quote-unquote doubt to the result, made Macklin tap out. So going into the match, Macklin had lost a lot of steam. Still thought he was going to win, but then Nick Aldis announces, I'm back and I'm going after the world title straight away. He confronts Macklin after the match and it very much makes it feel like, a, yeah, we had this homegrown talent, but we waited and we waited. And now we've got somebody back and his negotiation tactic was, I want the world title. So it feels very much like a homegrown talent, but we're not going to get the run we should have got with that title for Nick Aldis. And it's a bit disappointing. However, Diana Perazzo. Still going. Shut up. <laughs> Diana Perazzo, absolutely sensational. Should never have lost to Mickey James. Mickey James refusing to put... This is just an anti-Mickey James show. I'll get to... <laughs> next week, Renee Young. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. But... ASMR. Just talk underneath Ross. It's random. Okay. But anyway. 
absolutely sensational. <laughs> Impact Wrestling. And they finally finished the god-awful Tommy Dreamer versus Billy Ray feud, which should not have been happening in 2023. So two fresh world champions in Impact Wrestling and the part-timers out the door. So it looks like the start of another good run for Impact Wrestling. I'm excited to see where it goes. The views of Ross McLeod here on Eastleigh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for them. It is good for them. I worry about Nick Aldis. Again, he's past his prime, isn't he? No, no, I think I think he's still valuable and I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe take the title at Bound for Glory, which is in October. No. Maybe yeah. at a comeback tour thing. But I think he has missed the boat in going to WWE. Yeah. I still yeah. think he has value, but I think he's missed that boat there. And I think him coming back at the minute diminishes the Macklin thing because it's not Nick Aldis from when NWA was quite hot mm. pre pandemic. It's Nick Aldis who's quite frankly spoken out against the NWA and yeah. has been at home sitting on his couch. A very, very good couch because he's built like a brick, you know what? House. I, would, I would like to buy that couch. This uh, return from Nick Aldis to um, to Impact suggests that the the bigger companies mm-hmm. who had a chance have decided to pass on yes. them, and this is probably how he's going to be finishing his career. Mm-hmm. Interesting, you mentioned about sort of comeback tour whilst we've been on uh, recording this Dutch Sheet Radio are reporting a radio interview with Goldberg where Goldberg's told 93 points told sorry 93.7 the ticket that he's considering a four city retirement world tour Let's we hope said, that we said his London name or Glasgow. too often. I'll take the blame here. I said his name too often. It's like the, the Candyman. I was going to say, we, we, we said Goldberg three times. I went, Goldberg. Go- I, oh, I, Jesus, I there he is it, again. I didn't think it counted because it's not a mirror, but I could see my reflection in this monitor. And yeah. clearly I've said Goldberg right. three times. Right. Shall I, let me read the quote to you. I do believe my character deserves a proper send-off. Until that happens, I don't believe I'm hanging them up. Anything and everything is an option. And I'm very much... So leaning towards promoting it myself and doing a four-city world tour. Do you think we could bid for Glasgow? <laughs> just so we can make that one the first one, just make sure it doesn't leave. Well, we missed out in the Eurovision Song Contest, I mean, so that'd make up for 100%. I mean, do you think one of those cities could be London? Because Booker T has mentioned if AEW want to bring casual fans in, bringing someone like Goldberg in could shift tickets. I, I'm not at saying. I'm cost? not saying. At what cost? At what cost? It's like Thanos. <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> what did it cost? Everything. <laughs> I do agree with what Gary's saying because, honest to goodness, like oh. the 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 AW fan base would implode if Bill Goldberg came in the scene. Oh. It'd be like you know in Doctor Who where everyone becomes the master. Everyone would become Brett the Hitman Hart and just like <laughs> Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> See Tony Khan at the end of the show sold out Wembley Arena was it worth it Tony (laughs) (laughs) would you do it again in a heartbeat (laughs) anyway we're going to do this again not in a heartbeat but next week but before we get there producer Ryan what have we got coming up we have got a bit of a change to the the central show so next week he was meant to be here tonight but David Campbell has been drafted in last minute thank you for turning up Um, David Hockney will be here because the, the draft show Saturday Draft Live is going live. Is it today? Wednesday? It's going out, I think. I'm pretty sure it's going out. So you'll be able to catch that on YouTube. Um, see who has been drafted. Um, me and my um, manager are sitting across here. The assistant manager is one of the show, which is yes. great. Mate, we're going to do this. We're going to win it. First. We're going to win. Uh, from last. First time ever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that'll be no there. But 
on this show, if you want to be on the Listener's League, this is your shout-out. Get involved, get us on socials, put yourself in the running for the the draft this season. Pick your team, get there. And we will be doing weekly catch-ups um, on Central. So we'll be taking away from Saturday Draft Live a little bit, putting on this show, and Dave will be running through the kind of standings of the Listener League. So this is a place to hear where you are because it sounds better on this show with the ASMR. It's very much the droit. Stephen Wilson's Dwight Schrute assistant scorer no assistant to the scorer <laughs> yes exactly so Dave will run through all of that um, you'll still be able to get the normal um, Saturday draft live um, on a Saturday um, but it just won't sound as good because I won't be there so it won't so it never go. does yes um, and that'll be on our our Instagram not our Instagram Jesus Christ I had a great intro we're going to just completely fail with the outro it's like Tony Canby Goldberg at what cost have we done this <laughs> But remember, if you want to catch up on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're on it, at Suplex Retweet. All good Android podcasting sites, iTunes and Spotify, that's Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Previews, reviews, interviews and all the news. I'll let Elton play us out. Until next time, cheerio bye. Bye. Podcast Network.